The NBA playoffs have me in a scramble. Get ready, Pavement Sweat Army, because we're about to ramble. Yeah. I'm Ryan. And I'm Trip. And we're back. We're we, back. We weren't really gone, though. Where were we? I mean, we were doing Les Mis, you know, a successful two-day run at the Gilliard. Yeah. Just a beautiful... A wonderful culmination event. of a lot of work. Two years of work. It was so much fun. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, we could turn pavement sweat into Les Mis. For yeah, I could talk about yeah, it forever. Forever. Truly. Yeah, and I'm sure I will. But yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. I'll never forget it. No, I won't unless I get some horrible disease. Yeah. But barring that. But what an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. To, to, yeah. Right. It was. It's true. Seriously, opportunities to perform at the Gilliard. For our listeners in Germany and abroad, yeah, the Gilliard is the premier performing arts center, probably in, in the in southeast, South Carolina. Or you think the southeast? No, <laughs> I think that there's some operas in, in yeah. colonial South Carolina. Yeah, which is still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, so um, it was awesome. Yeah, we had like twenty two hundred people the second night, which is great. I mean, that's a it was awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah. What an honor to be at that place. What other high school gets to perform there? No one. Non-applicable. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We I... shared a pavement sweat moment at the end. Behind the middle platform. It's true. That sounds a good, weird. A good but hug. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It, was, it was, yeah, a good hug. Yeah. At the, the end of it all. Because we, you know, everybody worked hard, <laughs> truly. But we had our parts two years ago, so it was like... We were in that. We worked together. the hardest. Well, but we, we, we were <laughs> the longest. We've definitely grown the most. I For can sure. say that without a doubt. Yeah, I'm glad it was this year. So am I. What a way to go out. Gave me time. Almost. To Thinking about all the stuff that I was barely able to do, like vocally. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it mm-hmm. then. I don't know what I would have done. But... Yeah, I mean this 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 uh, podcast that we have really. It really gets our... The vocal cords yeah. sharpened up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But let's get into basketball, basketball That's what we're which here. has been going on Great for... first week or so yeah. of playoffs. Oh, my goodness. And now it's crunch time. Game fives. Yeah. Elimination games start. Yes. Every series has had at least four games except for Nets-Celtics, which is tonight. Every team has won a game in the playoffs, again, except for the Nets, who are going to try to win tonight. So let's just start with that series. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So this series was one where when the betting lines opened, the Nets were favored immediately. It did end up, I think, shifting back. Most places had the Celtics as favorites, but when it opened, Nets were favorites. People say the Nets are the best seven seed ever. And many people had them winning the finals, or at least making it out of the East. And now they are down 0-3 to the surging Celtics, a number that no team has ever in the history of the NBA playoffs come back from. No team has ever come back from an 0-3 deficit. And this series has been an absolute clinic. Yeah. Mostly in terms of coaching and defense. From the Boston Celtics. Absolutely. They have made Kevin Durant look like a little boy out there. Yep. And I guess that we can discuss that really after the like recap of the series. Because I have a lot mm-hmm. to say about that. 
Um, but they've game they've game planned hard for Kevin Durant. Uh, he's being face guarded on basically every possession. All of his points virtually have come from transition when the defense doesn't have time yes. to set. That's when he's been making any sort of impact, which has been very little. But the story well, of this that series, was it in game three, just transition. That was it. Yeah, but the story of this series has been Jason Tatum. Yeah, for the Celtics, and to, I mean it's been a great team effort. But game one, the guy had 31 points, 8 assists, and he had that buzzer beater to win the game. Mm -hmm. That game one was a game that the Nets probably should have won. Yeah. And it came down to great shot making by Jason Tatum. Mm -hmm. Game two, I think even more so, was a game that the Nets should have won. Jason Tatum didn't perform well. It was another close game. I, I sort of think the Celtics honestly were saved by none other than Grant Williams, who scored 17 points and had a true shooting percentage of 128. Yes. So it came down to Pretty crazy. some luck on threes. Yeah. Which, that's something that just has to be reiterated over and over. And we talked about it a little bit with March Madness, how anything can happen in one game. Mm -hmm. The same is still true in the NBA playoffs. It's a seven-game series, so you have more of a chance for the best team to actually advance. But there are games where the difference is luck. And I'm not saying that it players is. are getting lucky and that's why they're successful. But when it comes to shooting a three, the trajectory, whatever. One game. There is luck involved. Yeah. There just is. And Grant Williams scoring 17 points on 128% true shooting is lucky. Well, let me say, at this point, you know, the Celtics are up 2-0. Yes. Whatever luck it is, you're here, right? You're at, yes. you're down 2-0. And then game three, to me, was convincing. Absolutely. I'm with you. The Celtics you. absolutely won the game. It was only a six-point game. Yep. No, but they... And every game's been close. They won it in but convincing But they really, fashion. really, really won this game. Yep. And it was, it was defensively. Bruce Brown was the leading scorer for the Nets. A lot of it was open jumpers. He was still two for seven from three. The Celtics are going to give him that. They're going to give, they have to give someone, because yeah. you know, when, you, when you have Kevin Durant playing 46 minutes, Kyrie Irving playing 43, while there's, almost, yes, there's almost no one, you know, you have these two guys, and you you have to leave someone open. Yeah. And the two people that were open were Bruce Brown, who played 40 minutes, and then Blake Griffin was the other person, yeah. who actually did... I mean, he people were good. like, oh, he came in and played great. Uh, he was terrible. He was really bad on defense. On, on defense. Well, he, he was on, really terrible. Every three that he made was negated by him allowing an easy basket. Yes. So, yeah. Um, there was one where he gave up an offensive rebound to Jalen Brown, who put it right back in. Yes. And um, then he gave up another a step-up three for Brown. Right. I love this. He was guarding Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown was on fire at that point. Yeah. And Blake Griffin was not the answer. No. Um, I, I want to go back to what you said about basically letting Bruce Brown beat you if you're going to lose. Yeah. Because something that's said all the time on, you know, national broadcast is basically, mm -hmm. well, the game plan is to not let X superstar beat you. It could be Lillard, yes. Durant. But teams Make don't... Make Bruce Brown beat you. But teams don't ever really do that. They don't. But the Celtics are doing it. Because mm -hmm. Ime Udoka has drawn up this switch-everything defense that is going to be hard for any team to beat. Especially because, I'm going to say it here, I, I don't blame Kevin Durant for this. 
I think that a lot of this is just him. I mean, he, he there's only so much he can do. I mean, what do you want him to do? Take bad shots? Right. And so people were getting mad at him for his low field goal attempt numbers. That's not really what I'm mad about. Because at least he's not taking those really bad looks. There is one thing, though, that all season long, he has not been able to create at the rim. Mm -hmm. And if he was able to create at the rim, we would be talking about a yes. different series. My issue with him is starting to try to make a move or something and committing turnovers. He's been very bad on yes. that end. Yes. I mean, he had five turnovers in game three. Um, and the the Nets as a whole had 18. So that's more than average. Bruce Brown also had five turnovers. But uh, he's getting stripped. And, I mean, he's just getting random double teams at random times. And then when he tries to make a move, there's a double team. But the, the Celtics are so good at adjusting as soon as he gets the ball out of his hands. And I don't know how. I mean, it's it's still yeah, so. Well, it's I really mean, because that every defender on the court for them is really good. Is at least four out of five, yeah. basically, at any given time. That's true. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's only really them in the Heat, whose offensive line or whose starting lineups have that many players that it's like I don't want this person guarding me. Yeah, and that's why the Celtics are probably the best defense in NBA history this right. year. I mean, they've been unbelievable, but. Although it is a team effort, I just got to give some love to Tatum individually. Yeah, absolutely. Because when Kevin Durant is guarded by Tatum through three games in this series, he has scored 10 points and committed 10 turnovers. Yep. He's only made two baskets versus Tatum in three games, and he's shooting 2 of 15, 0 for 4 from 3. Tatum is the only player I've ever seen straight up block Kevin Durant's fadeaway, too. Because yeah. that happened, I think, in game It did. Two. Game 2. Yeah. Game 2. And that was... It was a full fadeaway. And he did it. He completely stuffed it. Yeah, I've never seen that. And I've seen, like, there's maybe been, like, a tipped ball that was slightly altered, but Not no like one's that. ever stuffed Kevin Durant yeah. on a fadeaway jumper. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely shout out to him and the entire Celtics defense. I mean, Robert Williams is back, playing like his normal self, taking a little bit off of Horford, who played 41 minutes in game one. Yeah. Um, which is good because there were signs of Horford, you know, he's 33. No doubt, no doubt. So, I mean... And when you're playing with so much effort on one end of the court... Absolutely. Because I think Horford is their most impactful defender on the entire team, but Williams definitely takes the load off of an older absolutely. Horford, and them together is... And the energy. Is crazy, yeah. I mean, he's more of like the spark plug, and Horford is like Mr. Reliable. Yeah. It's perfect. I Agreed. love the way that their lineup has come together. They've always been a playoff caliber team as long as Jalen and Tatum have been there. But I think, I mean, they're far better this year than they ever have been. And I did, yeah, well, definitely. I think regular season statistics wise, advanced, because obviously the Suns had the most wins, blah, blah, blah. Right. The Celtics were the best team mm -hmm. in the league. And that's counting all of their bad. Yeah. first half of the season, they had the best adjusted net rating. I mean, That's the crazy part. Which makes no sense. Where they were the 11th. Because yeah, they were getting yeah. blown out. I and mean, uh, no margin of victory, I think. Yeah, which they is the same type one. of thing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they're they looking great. And yeah. I, I totally agree with what you said about Game 3 being the convincing win. And just one more thing about Tatum. When you talk about the two-way stars in this league... 
Kevin Durant's a guy who can is obviously amazing offensively and from Slower. time to time is okay on defense. He's really slowing down. But he's never you'd never call him a two-way star. No. Jason Tatum had 39 points and 6 steals. Yeah. In game 3. First Celtic I think ever. Maybe uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was. He's the first player ever, I believe. To with have with that. 35 plus and 5 plus? I think, I think so. maybe. Yeah. I think it was Celtic, but it could, I'm, it could be. Blood. Still, it doesn't matter. Yeah, either way. Yeah. And um, in a somewhat hostile environment, it should have been a lot more hostile, but the mm-hmm. Barclays Center seemed like it was the team. MVP. Garden. MVP. Yeah, they were, they were chanting Tatum was MVP shooting free throws. In the Brooklyn Arena. During the and ones. He had like two that were on fast breaks. Yeah. Yeah. And then Durant had. All his points in fast break. Yeah. And I would say Tatum out fast breaked him as well. I think, and I, there was a tweet that Paul Pierce tweeted out. Have you seen it yet or no? I don't think so. After game three, maybe right before the game ended, Paul Pierce said that he thinks maybe that Jason Tatum is passing Kevin Durant in the NBA hierarchy right before our eyes. In my opinion, that had already happened. This season. But this, I think he really meant this series, but yeah. It, well, I, I'm saying that he really passed Kevin yes, Durant this season. I would have to agree with that. Because the vol, like the volume that he's playing at, he played 76 games. And I also think that he's just, you know, pound for pound when you're on the court, I think he's better. Yeah. I think he's better. I can't disagree with that. And the, the Nets' weakness was playing really good teams yep. who could really play defense, and there was n- really no holes in what they... I mean, Kevin Durant can't score unless it's in transition. Yeah. Kevin Durant can't score unless it's in transition. And yet, this could have been that a winnable wild. series still, in my opinion. Yes. But Kyrie Irving, who is another guy that they're not giving him open looks. Like, yes, they're giving their looks to Bruce Brown. But they're giving so much attention to Kevin Durant that Kyrie is getting somewhat of mm-hmm. an opportunity to score. And he is squandering it. He's yeah. looked outside of a really good game one where he was flipping off Celtics fans yeah. and stuff. He's looked bad. Right. And for a guy who in post-game interviews is also now saying, well, it's hard to make up for lost time, even though, yeah, that's You're the one who chose fault. that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, embarrassing season from the Nets. Yeah. Embarrassing. I don't know what Drummond was doing either with the rebounds. He oh, was just tipping it. Yeah. Oh, that was so odd. Yeah. Yeah, really weird. Um, but just overall, an embarrassing season. Really James embarrassing. Harden, I think, got out at the right time. He did. And the guy who he was traded for, Ben Simmons, is also embarrassing yes. himself. I meant to playing. ask you about that. Yeah. I'm done. I'm yeah. Done. And then you said that you hope the Nets win a few games to see how long Ben Simmons can drag out. Yes, because not it, being in. The longer it is, the more embarrassing it is. There's no excuse for this one. Yeah. For not. I mean. Philly didn't treat him amazingly. Right. And I understood him not wanting to play. But Brooklyn is someone who traded you. for you. They traded James Harden. Yeah, for, for you. you. And you have been available to play for a while. Yeah. You finally agree to come back. Yeah. In what is really a meaningless game. Yeah. You're not going to come back from 03, and then he's not going to do it. The only thing that I can think of for why he wouldn't want to play is that he would become the first player in NBA history, potentially, to be eliminated in back-to-back games. And I guess you wouldn't want that, but even so, you have to get out there. So it is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this series deserved the 10 minutes that we spent on it. Yeah. But now we'll move on. 
Let's go to the next closest one, which is, or not closest, but talk-worthy one, yes, which sure. is Utah and Dallas. This is my favorite. Yeah, this is definitely going to end up, it has the best chance of being the most watchable series in terms of yeah. we get good games. Every game is, has come down to single digits. Mm-hmm. Um, Very hard yeah. to predict, this one. Extremely And difficult. this was the only series in the first round that I had, had any trouble. Well, yeah. But I had any trouble predicting the winner. Every other series, I was confident in who I selected, and I'm still confident in who I have selected yeah. for all the series. Yeah. This one is really tough, because obviously, for the first three games of the series, you don't have Luka if you're the Mavericks, who is your best player. But still, in game one, you're competitive. It comes down to the final possessions, and Rudy Gobert makes some crazy defensive plays yep. to win the game for you. He had 17 rebounds and three blocks in that game one, which probably should have been a Dallas win. So that had me thinking, well, Jazz got the win, but also, wow, the Mavericks look good. Yeah. Does this mean that the Mavericks should be favorites to win the series? Then you've got game two... And everybody, as soon as game two is over, is counting the Jazz out of the series. Because the Jazz lose game two, and they're all saying, Rudy Gobert's broken. You can't win with Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. Blah, 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 blah. Maxi Kleber had 25 points on 105% true shooting. Mm-hmm. And yes, when you are Rudy Gobert, and you don't have any other perimeter defenders on the Jazz, you're going to give Struggle. up open threes. Yep. And it's the same thing as like what the Nets are doing or what the Celtics are doing to the Nets. If Bruce Brown makes all of his threes, they're going to lose. Yeah. If you're Rudy Gobert in the Jazz and you're letting Maxi Kleber beat you, yeah. You're going to lose. I mean, well, that's how you that's the only way to lo- that's like a honorable way to lose. Yeah. Maxi Kleber. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's if he's making shots, yeah, the Mavericks are going to win. So yep. you have that happen in game 2 and game 3 all the while Jalen Brunson is Having his coming out forty one and thirty one. Yeah, he's he's great. But game three, Maxi Kleber again, just you know, just makes his threes. Yeah, which is all that they needed to do. But then you've got you're down one two, mm-hmm. going into game four, playing in Utah. Luca is back, basically a must win for the Jazz. And I think they, I know it was a close game, but I think they dominated the game. Yeah, um, Luca coming back was difficult. Uh, mostly what I, I noticed in terms of the scheme being a little quicker before Luca and then slowing down to their usual slow offense, which, you know, I understand a slow offense, it's safer, it prevents transition. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, I mean, it's, it's old fashioned, but I mean, it works when you have Luca. Yeah, I was about to say. And, um, it, what worked before was when Dinwiddie and Brunson were on the court. They were so much better. I I wanted to find the numbers, but I didn't have enough time today to find the on-off for those two. But the only time they could create offense was when they had those two guys on the court at the same time. Yeah. Otherwise, the offense ran through one guy, and it was just... Um, I mean, even though Cleaver scored a lot of points, he can't really do much with the ball. No, everything that was shoot. happening was catching shoot. Yeah. Everything. So with Brunson and Dinwiddie, they could, they they had two playmaking options, and they have nothing else. Yeah. That's it. So when one of them or neither of them were on, the Jazz took advantage, and they had to put one back yeah, in. Yeah, they won those minutes. But yeah. they really, really won those minutes when the, when when 
Brunson and, and Dinwiddie were both in because, I mean, they took the 2-0 lead. Um, but yeah, that's what I noticed was that they, they, they kind of slowed down again and, and it was back to some stagnant, you know, maybe 24-second violations or um, a lot of just slower, less brunson offense, which yeah. I think for the Jazz is scary because he's so Quick, nifty. And he can slice through. I and know what you're saying. the Jazz are a good matchup. They're a bad matchup for Luka. Luka is a good matchup for them, for the Jazz. Yeah. Because they can be ready for that. I mean, obviously, the Mavericks have a better chance to win when Luka's in. That's true. I mean, but I think scheme-wise, just looking at that, yeah, I it was more effective with the little guy running the offense. Well, I still think that the just like in games one, two, and three, the Jazz are winning the minutes without the quick guys. Yeah. Game four, it was the Jazz bench that completely yes. obliterated the Mavericks bench. Mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson had twenty-five points on close to seventy percent true shooting. And it was those minutes that the Jazz took their leads yeah. and really widened the gap. And I, I honestly think that the Jazz, too, were very unlucky for most of the game. Rudy Gobert played really poorly. Yeah, um, and offensively. They, and they, yeah, and, and defensively, it wasn't at his best until the very end of the game. At the very end, was, I, mean, yeah. I went through, I watched our friend Funk Eats video. I have not and seen it. About all the series, and he went through a couple. He he didn't show any clips for anyone but this series because he wanted to show some of the last plays from the Jazz defense. And it was what I said. They really had, you know, with that with that slower Dallas offense, they really could show what they had built chemistry wise. And Gobert didn't have to make up for how bad his teammate defenders are. Because they could they could run the things they ran to prevent all mm-hmm. these easy buckets, mm-hmm. and they had more time. They had all these smart switches and like people accounting for cutters, and there were these crazy horn sets where you know there's a screener on both sides, and they were able to counter counteract that and prevent buckets. And yeah. like I said, it was to me it was the scheme that changed. Where, you know, yeah, Luka came back and the Mavericks, now that Luka's back, I think the Mavericks are going to win the series. But just looking at it from adjusting, yes, it was easier for the Jazz to play defense. But I think it will get harder from here. I think it was easier for them to run their stuff, but yeah. it's going to be hard to guard Luka. I yeah, mean, yeah. It is. This, this is the only series that's one of two series that's 2-2, two, two, yeah. right? But it's the, it's the much closer. It, and, it's the most yeah, it's the closest. tightly contested. I, I also think that with Luka, it's going to be really hard for the Jazz, especially because Donovan Mitchell has been really Well, the bad. Mavs' defense has been incredible to slow down Mitchell. Mm-hmm. They've done such a good job. Yeah. They're, they're swarmy. They, I mean, they're quick now. They've got more speed yeah. rather than size. Poor Zingas. Mm-hmm. Now they have more speed. And... They're, I mean, they're swarming him when they can, and he's not the best playmaker, so they're able to yeah. adjust quicker, and they're playing great defense. I, I, I mean, the Jazz are known for their defense, but I didn't think this would be a series of defense. Or if you'd told me at the beginning of the season, maybe at the beginning of the series, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, but beginning of the season, I wouldn't have 
guess that. Yeah. So I got Mavericks here. Yeah. But in seven. Yeah. But the, I got the only things to look out for here is the margin of error for both teams is so small that it's gonna come down to these close games. Yeah. Which and is great. The reason why I've got the Mavericks is because close games and Luca. He's proven. They go well together. Yeah. So yes. Moving on. All right. Let's go with Memphis and Minnesota. Here's another one that I'm having trouble with this one, wrapping my head around it. I, they're, the Grizzlies lost game one and game four, and there are two very clear reasons why they did. And I can use those to explain why I don't believe this series will even go to seven. Okay, let's hear them. Um, Game one was very frustrating because Jaron Jackson Jr. had three fouls going into the second quarter early second quarter mm-hmm. and he stayed in foul trouble for the rest of the game that is how they lost to me because jaw played yeah. great and anthony edwards and jaw, anthony jaw did not play great. Jaw, game one no he played great game one he had the but at, anthony edwards played half, no. played he way had better that, like athletic dunk but he i don't know i didn't like his body language i think he looked sleepy out there he hasn't made a single mid-range bucket this entire the, this series. Whole i think series, he's been really which he should be um, disappointing from, yeah, I mean, he's giving us, like, the whole jaw, like, highlight experience, but from not efficiently. Impact? Yeah, he's been, well, and then the, he's been rough. So they needed Jaron Jackson for game one. And they really good. did, and he wasn't there. I think game four, jaw was atrocious. He scored 11 points on 30% effective field goal percentage. That's bad. And that, that, like, 30% in a game... Just normal 30% is like, it's like, okay, people have these games sometimes, but effective field goal percentage should be much higher. Yeah. Um, and Jordan McLaughlin for Minnesota, dude. He, yeah. He had, like, he didn't miss a three. And, yeah. Yeah. So Memphis is the much better team. No doubt. And, 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 and the Timberwolves, to me, they're careless on offense often they play like a seven like a typical seven seed should Mm. they just get in the playoffs but they're not sound in terms of the way they play they're not fundamentally sound yeah a lot of times they're scrappy like the pelicans i mean there's just you know you get an eight seed seven seed that's what they're like they commit too many turnovers and memphis is the best transition offense in the league besides maybe the warriors at full strength um and the Timberwolves' transition defense is the worst in the league. And I remember game one, it was like best versus worst transition. If the Grizzlies take advantage of the Timberwolves' mistakes, then they should win every game. And that's true. But the Grizzlies just have to they have to be together, and they have to have more options than just John Moran on offense. Well, the, the thing that scares me about the whole thing is that game three, the Grizzlies had to come back from 20-plus, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there's, I mean, there's a world where they're down 3-1. It's true. Right now. Yeah. So I don't know. Even if they were down 3-1, I'd probably pick them to win yeah. in seven. Honestly. I mean, they're... Yeah. But they won game three because of Brandon Clark heroics. Yeah. Which you can't count on. But you need that kind of stuff if Jaw is off. Yeah, which he has. But that, that's what a two-seed should be doing. He was pretty good in game two, actually. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I do like the Grizzlies here, but I really liked the Grizzlies to win two nights ago, and they didn't. Well, I I like the Timberwolves a lot, 
I picked them to win the play-in correctly. You didn't. You picked them to drop completely out. Yeah, I did. Um, which I understand. They're still young. They're still, but they're just so talented. They've got, they've got three guys. D'Lo is so underrated, especially defensively. Um, they've got, they've got a big three, to me, mm. that. On any given night, one of these guys could completely shift a game. And that alone is is like a playoff team. And they can be scary at any point. But they're just not together enough. You know what I mean? They're, they're like a seven seed. They're not like... Well, I, they're they, just not professional I mean, I enough? Mature enough? What's the right... Experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree that the Grizzlies are better. Definitely they're better. But if you told me that Minnesota won two more games in the series, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Because of what you said. They're not consistent, but they have... They're streaky. They have one of the best... They have the top three offensive center in the NBA. Yeah. They have Anthony Edwards, who I think is the real deal. So Yeah. I, I mean, I think the Grizzlies are going to win the series, but from an X's and O's standpoint, this one has been really hard for me to wrap my head around, just because basically Ja has not taken advantage of anything that the poor Minnesota defense has offered him. And his defensive output has been very, very disappointing. And this is why I don't think that John Morant can solidify himself as a superstar yet, because he's not playing well offensively in this playoff series. And for guys that aren't surefire... 20 points per game in a series, you have to be good on defense, at least respectable, <clears throat> and he's not. So that's why I worry about you the Grizzlies. You can't score 11 points, that's for sure. If the Grizzlies, which I believe they will, if they make it out of this series, they're going to be dominated by the Warriors. Yeah, they are. I believe. So, there's that. There's got to be some crazy momentum shift. Mm-hmm. Because right now, it just they don't seem to... Be, they look like the seven seed. At All that times. swagger that they had in the regular season is decimated. Yeah. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's get to New Orleans and Phoenix, which is to me the most confusing one, more confusing than Minnesota and Memphis, even. Maybe to yeah. me. Um. We're gonna talk about Zion at the end of this, but. Because I want to get a little mainstreamy here. And we sure. don't like to do this. We don't usually talk about like the big headlines yeah. and yeah, get into important. people's characters. Yeah, We're more into talking about numbers uh-huh. and less about like storylines and, you know. False narrative. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get to that because I, I do want to get in that zone because i'm frustrated but uh let's talk about game four first it was 2-1 phoenix last night was super weird and there's only one thing you can point to as to what at least on the box score as to what the pelicans did to win the game which was shooting 42 free throws compared to phoenix's 15 phoenix only made 10 of them so they shot 67 percent on only 15, New Orleans shot 42 free throws. Crazy. I mean, CB3 threw, drew zero fouls that resulted in free throws, which is, I mean, he, he never is at like a high volume, but if you're like the main, you know, he, with Booker out, he's supposed to be the main guy, right? So 
Um, he didn't draw any fouls, which in today's NBA is essential. Especially for him. He normally would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to ask you first about Devin Booker not playing. It's very confusing to me. Yeah. Because it, it is clear to me, without a doubt, still, no question in my mind that Chris Paul is the best player on the Suns. Yep. That's a big... That's not even a debate anymore, really. People are saying it's Booker, clear-cut. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that Booker, much like DeMar DeRozan, is a very talented volume scorer that is needed for the Suns to win, but he could be replaced by many people, while mm-hmm. Chris Paul cannot be replaced by nearly anybody in the NBA. However... What surprised me about Game 4 is that the Suns couldn't replace Booker's scoring with anybody. And exactly. It, what, what was going to happen to me, in, in my mind, was Chris Paul would partially help fill that gap. DeAndre Ayton would help fill that gap. And then the other role players would fill in the necessary holes. And you would make up for Booker's volume. That's, that's what the Suns do. That's what I thought would happen. I mean, it, it's pretty expected. In Game 3, both Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton were crazy good scoring. Which I, I would have expected someone like Campaign to do something. He has been like, really terrible. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's, a, that's an issue, right? And that's what Booker has that Campaign doesn't, which is he's not a microwave. He is a consistent, talented scorer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is, especially in the 2000s, Something that's extremely valuable. It, it, he's definitely. It doesn't valuable. mean you're the best player because yeah. you're really not. Yeah, he's not. And when the time, when the moment comes to hit the daggers and whatnot, it's going to be CP3 every time, and him and Aiton pick and rolls, unstoppable. But sometimes, even if you're as well coached as the Suns, you still need someone to just go get a bucket. Yes. Which CP3. Is not, it's not his right main strong suit. He can do it. We've seen it. Yeah. But I'm glad that you said that the whole bucket getter thing, mm-hmm. the Hooper argument, if you which will. is overrated. But it no, for it, a championship, there are you need th- that guy. The top three right now, bucket getters, are all on the Pelicans in this series right now, mm-hmm. and that's Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, and Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. And I mean, come at me if you want. Chris Paul's, I'm not saying that Jonas Valanciunas is a better offensive player than Chris Paul, not at all. But when it comes to one-on-one only scoring, he is. He is better. Yeah. And we saw that in Game 4. We definitely saw Brandon Ingram in Game 4. In the third quarter, he had 16 points in the quarter. Mm -hmm. 30 points for the game. Didn't even score that efficiently, but I think the Pelicans won the game handedly. They did. That wasn't a game that was based on any crazy it was comfor- luck. It was a comfortable win. That was an that was an earnest win. Mm-hmm. And for the series to be 2-2, for no Booker to be in this series, yeah, I'm confused. I'm confused. And knowing that the Suns have an experienced head coach in Monty Williams, the Pelicans don't. They have Willie Green, who has been very good this season as a rookie head coach, mm-hmm. but not experienced. I'm still pretty confident that the Suns are going to win this series. Yeah. I, I do believe so. But there are a lot of routes, possible future scenarios where they don't. I could, I could see yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can I, see I, that. 
I, I think that, honestly, this series is more of a question mark than Minnesota and Memphis. Uh, I, I would say. I'm with you 100%. And a lot of it is the Pelicans' mentality. Yeah. Especially when they're at home. Was, I mean, and that is it's why insane. I think that will be the difference because they only have one home one game, home game. Left, and the Suns have two. Which at this point, Could maybe I would take them in game six at Ye- this point. Yeah, it's possible for sure. I, I probably would. Yeah. This I mean, go seven. Smoothie King Center. Shout out to Smoothie King Center. Holy crap. It was loud in there. Yeah. I mean, it. it I mean, it's the playoffs, but Smoothie King Center? I mean, went crazy in Game Four. They were so loud, and it—I it, mean, it goes with the team perfectly. They're scrappy. They're about their defense. They've got this flashy steals guy who comes out of nowhere. I love the increased role for Jose Alvarado. Alvarado, yeah. He's a he's, and I'm not just saying that. He's like, oh, he's fun. He's he's really good. He's good. Yeah, this guy on defense especially. It he's has... the next Patrick Beverly. Oh, I said it earlier yeah, today. That's good. Um, he makes the opponent mad. He yells at the raft that the up in the rafters and at everyone in this arena, getting everyone hyped up. And then, and especially last night, the jump shots that Herb Jones altered. Dude. Either actually altered, I mean like blocks, or just getting his hand up. Yeah, which he does. Is unbelievable. I was about to say. How you, fast he's gotten. Yeah. You said that Jose Alvarado is the next Patrick Beverly. Herb Jones is the next. Tony Allen. I was going to say Herb Jones. I think I've never seen a wing right. rookie like this. I'm right. Just, he's one Because of even one. Tony Allen didn't have this wingspan. The length, length is yeah. just insane. And. I think this is a good segue. I don't know exactly what you're going to say, but I was just going to say, if they had one more superstar... If they did. If they had one more superstar, and there's the elephant in the room... Who can... I mean, you've got a lot of shooters in New Orleans. Yeah, and Brandon What about Ingram's... someone who can really get in that paint? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zion is out there doing 360s between the legs, windmills, yeah. pregame. And he's not playing. And he looks good. I mean, the dunks are insane. Um, why isn't he playing? I think it's the Pelicans that are keeping him off the court, I believe. I have heard a report that there is a disagreement on whether or not he should play. The initial report didn't specify which side was which. I am of the belief that he wants to play, but I, I don't know if it's confirmed. Really? I don't know if it's confirmed. Given the whole season. I don't know. It's a He's bit... either like suddenly been like, oh, look, we're good now. Let me play. Yeah. But true. they're like, you know, we've done all these schemes and you've been in Portland. I don't think that's it because, you know. Get rid of all the schemes. It doesn't matter. Because he wasn't if, if ever he was, there. If he's playing, they win. They win. I agree. Yeah. And I don't know what the disagree. If there's a disagreement on, who, but I can't imagine it's the Pelicans. I don't know how like their coaching staff or 
management or owner, whatever, who it is, could just be there. And unless it's like you have abandoned us all season, but you, you could be the second team ever to upset a one seed. And if he plays, then there's a good chance you will be. Yeah. And you know that. Definitely. And I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't. I think there's also if he played a good chance they make it out of round two. Also. Yeah. If they get Utah, because I think they'd probably be. You get Utah or Dallas. I think Dallas would win, but I, I think agree. Utah. Yeah. I mean, you could be in this Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. I mean, you know, Western Conference Finals. Final Four. Yeah. Right. And then you crazy stuff. Then you get demolished, but whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um. It's it's crazy. I kind of want to see it happen, but it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen if Zion doesn't play. I think the Suns are gonna take care of it, but I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why he's not playing. He's clearly healthy enough to play. Yeah, at least fifteen minutes. Which is all. Could it you would give take. him a minutes restriction? You put Ingram on the bench and put Zion in there with as much energy as possible. Yeah. There's no one stopping him. No. no. Except maybe Aiden. He's a good guy to guard Zion, I'd say. But he would definitely uh, give the Suns some it. trouble. He'd feel it. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Um, okay. That was all the ones that are close. Those are the competitive yeah. series. So let's go through the next ones. Uh, we got Philly up 3-1 against the Raptors. And I like to talk about this one because um, I said Philly in five in my bracket. I said Philly in seven. And, and I was wrong. I'm going to be right. Probably. And uh, it, de- uh, it depends, man. I mean, the Joel Embiid looked really bothered by his thumb in game four. Which is something that's worth True. talking about. Because yep. Joel Embiid has a torn ligament in his shooting hand thumb. And it can't be aggravated any further, so he has vowed to play through it, but it's clearly affecting him. Mm-hmm. He was not effective scoring the ball in Game 4. He was not effective on defense. Pascal Siakam had 34 points, shooting 66% true shooting. And when James Harden has been as not there as he is, because he has not been scoring the ball at all mm-hmm. in the playoffs... You're going to have to rely on some outside scoring. I think they're okay in this series. Yeah. They're okay. Because they were up 0-3. They're, they're up 3 I never understood why people were picking... Because of coaching. Because Doc I, Rivers... I mean, but there's not enough versatility. Is talent is, is the thing. Where Philly just is going to out-talent Toronto. And I, I do believe in that. I think that People Philly's... love lengthy wings, but there's too many of them. And in... in Toronto, and the answer to that is Tyrese Maxey, or Trey Young, or Darius Garland, or yeah. Jalen Brunson, someone who is quick enough, who's more in, I mean, looking at it from a physical standpoint, they're more, they can control their body better they, than all these guys with seven foot five wingspans that like you know they're they look disoriented at times because their yeah. bodies are so big 
these guys who I mean John Morant's another one who would tear the 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 Raptors to bits on defense. I think it's more that they just don't have enough star power. They need one more. That's part of it, and but that I, could be Barnes later. I think on. again looking at schemes, it's similar to the Jazz where they don't have enough athleticism. I it's not know. really athleticism, yeah, okay. but it's a different kind of athleticism. Yeah. It's like staying, you know, staying quickness. with their defender. It's quick quickness. quickness on defense. To stay with guys like Maxi who can just blow by you and you, you don't have the you're too big to react. Yeah. So Maxi's the answer, but even I mean, it's what we said in the last episode, it's star power. Yeah. Alone. Just well, star power alone. I will say, out of all of the teams in this playoffs first round that have gone down O three, they definitely have the best chance of winning. Because from down o three, yeah, yeah, because Embiid is well now the injury, yeah, and I think they'll close it out though. I hope they close the it Sixers. out. Sixers, but no matter what, Philly is not gonna make it. Uh, not gonna make it out of this next uh, because the the heat, I mean, the injury and the the heat. Yeah, let's talk about the heat and the Hawks. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the heat, the heat, the heat. Yeah, the heat are good. They're really good. Yeah. Defensively. And this series has been right. We all knew that already, though. The defense in this playoffs. Nice. As a fan. Cool. More than ever. Cool to see. As a trip, yeah. As, yeah. As trip. Yeah. As me, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you're a big... Defense. Yeah. But we already knew that the Heat were dominant on that end. What we weren't sure of, even though we've seen it before, is just how good Jimmy Butler could be on offense. And maybe... Maybe we're being fooled by a really bad Hawks defense because, yeah, they're really bad. But Jimmy Butler's having his way. And all the wins, let's talk about the wins. Game one, he only had 21 points, but he was all over the place. Mm -hmm. As always. But game two, 45 points, 74% true shooting. That's pretty good. Game four, (laughs) 36 points, 68.5% true shooting. So he is... Ticking up that volume, he's ticking up his outside shooting attempts, and uh, yeah, they're having their way with the Hawks, which I guess people expected, but I don't think... I think most of it is the Hawks, not him. Okay. Because they've got some weak wing defenders. They're terrible, yeah. Yeah. Besides Capella, I mean, nothing. Who just came back. Nothing. They've got nothing Mm -hmm. on defense. Yeah, so I think this series, that, that'll probably end in five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. And then the Trey Young is being pestered by the Heat defenders. So, like, individually talented defenders. Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, even Kyle Lowry at times. Um, mm-hmm. They're just... And then they have Tyler Hero, who is Devin Booker. I mean... They're very similar. It's it's perfect. Yeah. I do want to say, though, that I am very excited. The Eastern Conference is going to live up to all the hype. Yeah. Because the Conference Finals, you know... Well, the Conference Semifinals... Yes. It's going to be Bucks-Celtics. Right. Which is, that's the best series that's going to yeah. happen. But the oh, Conference man. Finals is going to be Heat versus either Giannis, which is a great rematch because now the Heat are at full strength. And the last time we saw the Heat at truly full strength against the Bucks, the Heat won that series. It is. 
you know, I, I do think that the personnel is a little different now. It's or, different, and Giannis has broken. The, he's better. Yeah. Um, or we get Heat Celtics, which would be a very nice coaching battle to watch. Yeah. I mean, that would just be great. Adjustments left and right. Spolstra versus Udoka. That would be a really nice welcome to the NBA playoffs moment for Udoka. So I'm very excited for the Eastern Conference Finals because I think the Heat are as close a thing to a lock as you can get for the Eastern Conference Finals. They're not going to be challenged in this series, and the, the Philly's not going to give them any trouble. Not with a... Yeah. Embiid the bench. would have had to be 100%. Right. And the bench, right. Hero is going to eat Shake Milton alive. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and who knows, man? Maybe the Heat. I don't know. I didn't really love them going into the playoffs because they don't have that much offensive firepower. But, you know, mm-hmm. if things work out their way, they could be in the finals again. And if things work out their way, they could win it this time. I don't know. I the don't Heat? Know. They could. I don't see it, but they could. I yeah. don't see it either, It would, uh, but a lot would have to happen. Yeah. But it's... A viable possibility. Uh, everything oh, yeah. is possible, so that's stupid yeah. to say. But this is a viable possibility. For sure. Yeah. All right. Milwaukee's up 3-1 against the Bulls. The Bulls stole one. I thought this would be a sweep. Mm-hmm. So but it's, I mean, judging by game four, it was like they, were, was they were playing with little boys. Yeah. Um, Even without Chris Middleton. Yeah. Which is something worth mentioning. Oh, also, I meant to mention that last... Whenever the Heat and Hawks played last, I think it was yesterday, the Hawks had a 15-point second quarter. That's it, 15. Yeah, that can't happen. The lowest ever in a quarter was 7, I think, by the Bulls like four years ago. I remember it. It was crazy. Yeah. But uh, um, just terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Bucks Milwaukee Bucks. in five. This one and Golden State, Denver, is like there's not much to talk about. I mean – the Bulls put together this one seed early on, and everyone was like, here we go, the Bulls are going to get there. And the defense is just terrible. Yeah. Just horrible. Because they're missing They Alonzo. can't do anything. They're missing Alonzo, who is really important for them mm-hmm. at the point of attack. And Caruso doesn't seem to be 100% still. He's not, yeah. And yeah. that's another important piece. But Levine and DeRozan and Vooch are not great. I they're think Vooch just, is actually okay. Um, they're just all offense. That's it. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, Vooch is good, but just center should be able to play defense. Yeah, more And than he can't. Yeah, that's, I agree with that. So, yeah, the main thing to talk about with this series, and maybe we should save this for another for next round of episodes, mm-hmm. but it's Middleton being out for the Bucks. This series is over, but for the Bucks, I'm concerned, concerned. about that because they dominated the Bulls last, yeah, yesterday, even without Middleton, because Giannis <laughs> is just, he's the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be able to win without Middleton in the next round. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. I agree with that, um, especially... With Drew Holiday's past in the playoffs. Um, it would still be close. But I still think it would be close. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say it, it's Giannis. Yeah, it would still be close. But mm-hmm. the Celtics Can the Celtics good. be the next Heat, though? To, like, not necessarily build the wall like the Heat strategy was. Build, build the wall against Giannis. Yeah. They would have something. I mean, I, I believe that they can whip up something if if you can stop KD on offense who's all offense 
Yeah, I weirdly think that Giannis is more versatile on offense at this point. Yes. Because he can score inside, and KD really doesn't have that creation. Yeah. And I would worry about Celtics getting into foul trouble. I would worry about that. It's easier for Giannis to get, to make, to create his buckets than KD creating his, especially at the age. I still think that Giannis would get his. We wouldn't have these, like, you know, 16 point Durant type things. No. But He's going to average 35 still. I, mean, I think it would be the situation where right now the Celtics are letting anybody but KD beat them. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the Bucks series, they're going to let everybody else beat them. Well, they can because there's no Middleton. Right. Which is going to be a problem. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. Middleton was like the... The turning point, and he's going to be well because he's their booker. He's their booker, exactly. So I am worried about the the Bucks because I I did pick them to repeat. I thought they had the Mm -hmm. best chance, especially healthy. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We will. And then Golden State up three one against the Nuggets. Is there much to talk about? Not really. I I think a little bit of the MVP discourse though. Jokic is not my MVP, but if you if this changes your mind, then you're an idiot. About Jokic being the MVP or not. Right. Like, if you're like, oh, he's bad in the first round, so he can't be the MVP. He's not. First of all, he's playing he's really doing... well. He's playing amazingly well. 36. Yeah, really good stuff. 9 and 9 or something yeah. last night. I mean, um, but he's then, doing all he and can. And also, a big thing was that he was taken out of the game for yeah. the final possession on defense. And people were saying, oh, he can't even play defense on the final possession how can you have your mvp not be on the court the warriors are too quick yeah but also that's many why. great players yeah have had the same thing happen to them yeah. it's not really on him um that game though i mean Jokic is the best player on the floor um but that game was won because of monte morris in a weird way i mean obviously mm-hmm. they wouldn't have even been there blah 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 whatever but that game. But it was really Jokic. I mean, of course, yes. I, I, I get. But that one I'm piece saying, to push him ahead. Finally, a I'm teammate saying, did something. I'm not saying MVP. I'm saying X factor because Jokic is sure. giving you that output. Yeah. Monte Morris had 24 points on 90 percent true shooting and and still five assists. He was hitting all of his threes. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that series should have been a sweep. That one was gifted. That's to why them. I think Jokic deserves some praise for this. Uh, well, yeah. And the Warriors really did want to close this one out. They, it's not like they put their foot off the gas. It's, it wasn't a gentleman's sweep. Nope. This isn't a gentleman's sweep. Yeah, I agree with you. They fought for the sweep. They wanted it. I agree. Like, I think the Sixers, if that, I think that that counts as a gentleman's sweep. And then honestly, I don't think, so. well, because, man, the Raptors were playing hard in that game. Well, yeah, it, yeah, I know, hard, but, but like it was hard. like it, but the but they, I mean, they almost won. I still think even then, because the Warriors almost won. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, those are the uh, first round series going on. But a lot of times, like I could see Brooklyn just laying down tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know if they have. I can see that happening. Mental toughness. Or is tonight. Cliche. Yes, tonight. Yeah. Mental toughness is a cliche term, yeah. but I don't know. Well, sometimes teams just take the sweep. Yeah, down 0-3. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they have it. And I don't think that the Celtics are the type of team to mm-hmm. stop what they're doing. No. This is weird to say, but the Celtics... I, I, okay, no team has ever gone 16-0 and mm-hmm. in the playoffs and swept through the whole thing. And the Celtics won't. No, they won't. But they are the type of team that would. 
Because to do that, you have to be really well coached with a superstar and a great defense. Mm-hmm. The closest a team has gotten is the Warriors in 2017, yeah. who went 16-1. and And they lost Game 4 to the Cavaliers in the finals, I want to say. I don't know. Uh, Something like that. I think it was Game 3, but... Um, yeah. You're right, it was Game 3. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Because um, they... If it were game four, they would have. Oh, we we can be sixteen and zero. Let's let's play our. Yeah. Yeah. So it's never happened. But I, yeah. all I'm saying is that the Celtics, they would be the type of team to do it. Well, they're going to be the favorite to win the championship this off season. Going into next season, like betting, they wise. should be. Yeah. Going in, no matter what happens. Well, because well, think about their regular season. Just the Bucks, though, dude. They're but they're going to be. Here's the thing. A lot of times it's like whoever's like they think whoever will have the best regular season. That's what happens with the betting odds. The Celtics are going to be the first seed next season for sure. Almost, I can say that guaranteed. I, yeah, almost. I mean, it, barring injury, they would be. Yeah, because they're already here. They got here with a, new coach from a very bad place. Too. Yes, but they're going to stay because they're that well coached. Yeah, I think I think he's And they've got guy. the guys that have been there forever. Marcus Smart's been there for 8 years or something. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to talk about really quickly. As a as big They're of, still together. As big of LeBron fan, I mean they came they they split up and then they came back. It's like Horford. Right. But they've two guys that did. Exactly. Who's yeah. the other one? Um Tice. Yeah, that's right, Tice. I saw this graphic where it was like kind of discrediting Kevin Durant and propping LeBron up mm-hmm. where it was like LeBron beat the same team no no he didn't Mm-mm. ah no he didn't no I love LeBron I hate Kevin Durant but that's not your argument and that series because they were talking about the Eastern Conference Finals in 2018 I, I believe right that would have been the year the year that Tatum dunked on LeBron and flexed 2018 uh, yeah he was a rookie Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown was a second-year player. Yep. Marcus Smart wasn't as good defensively as he is now. Nope. I don't even think Al Horford was as good defensively as he is now. No. Nope. They were coached by Brad Stevens, who at that time was viewed as like a, an amazing coach. One of the greatest. Yeah. And he is. He was. Yeah. Ime is better. Yep. So at least, I mean, with the personnel they have, I think he's better right now. So that was not the same situation at all. Mm-mm. At all. At all. Yeah. Uh, oh well, we'll see. But man, I'm so excited. These playoffs. for the Eastern yeah. wing of and the West. Yeah, you know, because gonna... it's now interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. That's it from Pavement. I, I hope you've been filled in. From I guess we should say one, over the past two weeks. We should say one. Thing oh, we should about the draft. The NFL draft is Thursday. Yes. We will be posting our first round mock drafts on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Because I learned that it was Thursday today. Yeah, we've, we've been, been doing Les Mis, and I usually make up to ten mock drafts. I make I'm huge about NFL specifically mock drafts because mm-hmm. I love the whole fits and what I'm, it's just so yeah. fascinating. Um, but I will make a good one. It won't be my best because we don't have the time. Yep, but. I will make one by Thursday. Trip will as well. We'll, we'll have it yeah. posted. I'm pretty bad at this. I'm not going to lie. Mock drafts <laughs> are my thing. Evaluating fit after the fact is better for me. After the dr- draft? Because I, I hate almost doing mock drafts 
Simply because the teams, for me, always just do stupid they, things. They do. Exactly. They do. And it's a skill to predict that. But I like to talk about... It's a skill to predict it, but it's also fun to talk about what they should do. Yeah, if that's... I mean, yeah. That's what I like I, doing. I would like to... I don't do care about being right. Okay, okay. I'm just yeah. like, here's why I would like you to should listen to me. Because um, one thing to mention, just right before we go... Thank you for sticking around this long. Yeah. If you're an, especially if you're a football guy, I got you a little bit. Yeah. Um, normally we get at least two or three guys in the top ten go that are quarterbacks, and that'll probably happen again, knowing the teams. But there, there shouldn't be. Uh, the top quarterback prospect is Malik Willis from Liberty, who is good. I view him as like a late first round yeah. guy. He could go. Number two to Detroit, I've seen a lot. He could go number six to Carolina, which I would be okay with, frankly. Or he could be outside of the top 15. So this year's really... He'd go to Pittsburgh in that case, because Mike Tomlin is ecstatic about him. If he drops to Pittsburgh, then watch out. Yeah, Yeah. no doubt. Because Mike Tomlin's like, I can make him... He would. The next big, big, big guy. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you got a lot of people. And he's talking. the only one to me that has Any that level star of potential. potential. Kenny Pickett's good, but I mean, Kenny R- Ryan Tannehill's ceiling. No, I, it's not even. I, I don't agree. I, I I think. Well, but you could always see like a late revitalization in the right system. Maybe. Because Tannehill was never great, but he went to the right system. Ken, I, I okay. So, fine. Yeah. Kenny Pickett to me is like um, Mac Jones was last year, but probably not even to that level. He yeah. could be really good. Mac Jones wasn't really good, but he could be good, successful, but he would have to be drafted by the Patriots. Yep. I mean, that's you would have to be surrounded by all of the right things. Yeah. And then the last guy is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. who I think is pretty good. He's good. I like him. I, think, I like him more than Pickett. Yeah, so do I. I think he's second-round material, Yeah. but he'll go in the first. Maybe even the top ten. We'll see. Knowing what... I don't think... I think only one will, but uh, knowing how desperate yeah teams are it's for the franchise quarterback, I can see anything. It's true. Pickett could go in the top ten in my mind. It it's could true. happen. Yeah, um, we'll see. I'm excited to talk about it. Yep. Yep. Well, but for now, yes, we're signing off. We are signing so off. So thank make you sure guys. To... Yeah. Make sure to follow the Instagram to see our mock drafts, and tune in next week. Yeah. We'll be back next week. But most importantly, you must continue you to, have to spread, do this. spread peace, love, and joy. joy.